Stories, fables, ghostly tales. Welcome, listeners. I hope you're doing fantastic. And speaking of fantastic, I have more listener stories. Yes, I love them. There is nothing better than seeing my listeners try their hand at creative writing, and as always, you surpass my expectations. Today's stories have been sent in by Tom Keithley. Tom's written in before, under the Twisted Tales narrative involving the Black Key and the birth of a demon. Well, now we have more from this lovely listener, and I can't wait to share them. I will say this though, this episode is not for young ears. There are some strong expletives in the three chapters I'm covering today, so I wanted to keep you informed around this just in case you have little ones around. Now, turn off the lights, turn up the sound, and get ready for something different. A Twisted Tale I lay in the grass, the summer sun blazing overhead. My companion, the nameless girl, lay next to me and we both gazed up at the cloudless blue sky. It's another boring day, in the city of Budapest, this small park and rare haven amongst the otherwise concrete wilderness of the urban sprawl. What you wanna do today? She asks, rolling onto her stomach and looking at me with her chin propped up on her palms. You ask me that every day, you know. Duh, I'm self-aware, you know. Never would have guessed. She punches me in the shoulder with a growl. Asshole? I rub the spot and playfully wince. At least I own it. Besides, you are a telepath. Why even bother? I ask with an arced brow. The girl frowns and looks away. I try not to read you all the time, you know. It seems rude. I can't help but smile. She was a hellcat in every sense of the word, but very endearing. What do you want to do? I question. Her cheeks blush a bit, taken off guard by the question. Well, she pauses a moment and thinks. I want to find myself a name, she says, hopping up to her feet with a grin. A name, huh? I guess that would make things a little less awkward. I say, rising to my feet slowly, giving a big stretch. So, um, where would you go to find something like a name? I ask curiously, to which she smiles. Time passes, and before you know it, it's 30 minutes later. Public library, eh? I shrug at the sign. Good a place as any, I guess. My friend bounces up a couple of stone steps and gives me a chastising look. Oh, come on. Don't you know what's in there? She almost squeals in delight. A bunch of old ladies, moldy books, and the smell of mothballs. Which smells of which is impossible to discern. She frowns and smacks me on the arm, making me curse and rub the bruised muscle. God damn it! Same spot! I howl, which she ignores and heads up the stairs with a huff. I follow her, still rubbing my arm, but staying quiet as we enter the old stone building. To my surprise, despite the outer appearance, the inside is remarkably modern, and nary a mothball to be smelled. 
interesting. I mutter quietly. Careful, you might learn something. My companion growls and pushes past me, giving me the shoulder bump. Ah, oh, damn! She must be really pissed this time. Duh! She calls back. I sigh and follow, hanging my head in dismay. Good boy, she says. I remain silent as she wanders from aisle to aisle. I'm unsure what she's looking for when suddenly, a book jumps out at me, and I pause. Huh. I pick it up curiously, and look at it. The Iliad. I flip it open and the words suddenly burn themselves into my mind. The entire book. I had it memorized in seconds. I gasp. And the book falls from my hands, and clatters on the floor loudly. My companion turns, hmm, and looks from me to the book. What's this? She picks it up and begins to flip through it as she walks away, not even paying me any mind. Do I really blame her? I thought, to which she responds by giving me the middle finger over her shoulder. Nope. Really? Of all the names in that book, those are the ones you like. I say with an exasperated sigh. My friend glares at me and simply replies, Yep, as she drums her finger against the table. I mean, I guess I can understand you wanting to be Cassandra. I begin, causing her glare to intensify. But why in the great green fuck would you want to call me Hector? Simple, she stated matter-of-factly. But let me stew for a moment before she enlightened me. You're an asshole, yes, but nowhere near big enough of a smug cunt to be Achilles. And that was the end of the argument in her mind. I rub the bridge of my nose and wonder inwardly what an aneurysm feels like, prompting a giggle from the newly christened Cassandra. I don't think demons can have aneurysms, Hector. Now I know I'm being punished. I say theatrically, and slam my head into the table. Oh, there, there, big guy. Cass let out as she rubbed my arm. It could be worse. How? I could be an angel, she said, sounding less than convincing as I gave her a glare. Whatever. Let's get the hell out of here. I growl and head for the door. I heard Cass skipping along behind me, pleased with her new name, I assumed. Can we go blow stuff up? She asked in her sweetest voice. The tone itself implied anything but the casual murder of hundreds of people. Yeah, I need to kill something. Lots of somethings. Not very Hector of you. Shut up, Cass. She giggled, and I felt that pressure in my head again. It was unbearable, and the only way to make it subside was to unleash a cacophony of destruction upon the world. Oh... I'm gonna enjoy this. I grumble and place my hand on the ground, looking back at the library. Don't you dare. Cass began, but it was too late. My energy flowed from my palms into the ground. As it coursed towards my target, the ground cracked, and an eerie glow emanated from the scarred earth. Kaboom, I say with a smile, as the library explodes beautifully. I let out a sigh of relief as the maddening pressure in my head eases somewhat. Not near enough, but 
it was a satisfying start. I watched the pillar of flame stretch high into the cloudless sky with a grin, when suddenly Cassandra slapped me hard. You insufferable fucking simpleton. I didn't quite understand why she was so angry, but damn, she was fuming. Her fists were clenched so hard, her knuckles were white, and she trembled in rage. Fuck you, Hector, she said quietly and began walking away. What? I stammered and turned to her, trying to stop her, but she was gone. Great. Nice job. I grumbled to myself. Later problems? Can't really blame a lady for leaving a monster that destroys a library. Guess I'll just exercise your sorrow pale ass and make the almighty smile down on me. My eyes widen and I see the long knife in his right hand. Suddenly, the priest rushes me, moving far quicker than any human should, and I feel the blade plunge into my chest. Fuck. I'm sorry, Cass. And then I hit the ground. I thought I would have lost consciousness, but to my horror I was alert. My vision was blurred and searing pain burned through my entire body. That's it. I'm getting out from here. I'm going to beat you half to death, priest. Twice. I couldn't move. I couldn't even blink. The fuck did this shit stain do to me? My vision begins to focus, and I see the priest standing there wiping my blood from his knife. A blade, baptized in the River Jordan, he says, as if I give a damn. Not quite potent enough to kill a beast like you, outright, but enough to immobilize you while I finish the job. The look in the priest's eyes is one of pure manacle glee, and it sends a chill down my spine. So, this is how it feels, I think, with bleak irony. The only question is, how should I do it? He kneels beside me, and I feel the cold steel on my throat. Cut off your bloody head? Nah. That's too noble a death for a heathen. The blade slides down over my chest. I would say maybe cut out your heart, but we both know you don't have one. I growled in my throat. It's all I could do. Bullshit. If I don't have a heart, then why is it pounding in my ears? Wait. My ears strain to hear some unnatural noise in the background, one that shouldn't be there. What is that? The noise gets louder, and I soon find out exactly what it is when a curved sword nearly takes the priest's head off. He barely managed to duck it as the sword buries itself in a tree. I hear a familiar giggle and I feel a wave of relief wash over me. Sure, this was dangerous, but if anyone could handle itself, it was the Hellcat Cassandra. Oh, Mr. Holy Man, came her sing-song taunt. I felt, rather than saw her rush past me, right between me and the priest, and grinned when I heard the sound of her retrieving her sword. She moved into my view and she has a pair of long shimitars. Those are new, I thought, as I watched her and the priest face each other down. You shouldn't have messed with my friend, Mr. Holy Man. Her voice was now ice cold, 
all her teasing and amusement gone. True, he's an ass, but he definitely don't deserve some butcher in a fucking dress, gutting him like an animal either. There was no hint of anger in her tone, though the words dripped with hate. The priest opened his mouth to retort, but Cassandra was having none of it. She went at the priest twisting, with a deadly grace that many dancers would kill for. The sound of metal on metal filled the air as Cassandra unleashed her silent fury on the man of God. The priest was no slouch though, and he was holding his own well, matching her blow for blow. Smirking, Cassandra opened some distance, stabbing one sword into the ground. She reached inside her coat and threw a hail of small knives at her opponent. The priest dove to obey them, and when he did, he found Cassandra's blade at his neck. Uh-oh. Looks like God wasn't guiding your feet today, father. A smirk more wicked than any I'd ever seen crossed her lips. The priest, though, twisted his legs and kicked one of her feet out from under her, throwing Cass off balance for a moment. He grabbed one of her knives and flung it wildly. She spun on her heel out of the way. The hell are you aiming at, holy man? Not you, harlot. He growled and lunged when she turned to see what he meant. The knife had harmlessly hit the ground a foot or more away from me, but the relief on Cassandra's face was short-lived when the priest cut into her neck with his blade. Her green eyes went dull and Cassandra hit the ground beside me. No. 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 Fuck this shit. I screamed in my head. This is not happening. No, 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 no. A rage like nothing I had ever felt began to boil through me. The anger and hate I felt began to roll off me in tidal waves. God damn, I'm so pissed off by this feeling. This feeling is intoxicating. The very air around me began to crackle and distort as my full strength roared through me. You fucking priest. I growled in a demonic tone as I somehow managed to stand despite the unrelenting pain burning every fiber of my being. I'm gonna use your intestines as a prophylactic while I fornicate with your cranium. I snarl. With wide eyes, the priest looks at me. Excuse you? He stammers, clearly startled by my ability to move. I'm gonna skull fuck you! And that concludes chapter 4, 5, and 6 of Twisted Tales. And that was just brilliant, Tom. I really like your take on character relationships, and particularly around the absence of plot armor from our protagonists. The first thing that happens here when fighting their first adversary is that one dies, and the other is trapped. Plot armor be damned. Because having characters with something to lose grounds it in reality, and provides the audience justification for the protagonist's actions. You know, it actually makes sense what they're doing. Not written in there just because. So I can tell you've thought these out, mate. And it really shows. I'll be continuing these chapters tomorrow, mates. So stick with me then. And before I sign off, if you want to help this podcast out, let others know about it. Word of mouth is still one of the best ways to have others discover this podcast. And for all of you out there introducing me to your family and friends, thank you so much. It goes a long way. And thank you so much for listening. As always, till next time.